Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I am your host, Peter Komalafe. This is where we talk about money and all things personal finance, where we help you make the best financial decisions possible because money is a tool and life is for living. This past week, we have seen yet another Bank of England base rate increase, taking the base rate from 4.25% to 4.5%. This is the highest it's been for 10 to 15 years. And I've personally lost count of how many Bank of England base rate increases we've seen over the last 12 to 24 months. Suffice to say, there have been a lot. And the main point of contention or concern, especially from an economic point of view, is the impact that these Bank of England base rate increases are going to have on individuals, on households, when you're servicing debt, things like mortgages, so on and so forth. There is a silver lining though, and that is that if you are a saver, now you're getting into the territory where you start to have really attractive rates. Although, on the savings account, because it is a savings account, you still have to factor in inflation, which is still at a at a high, considering where we have been historically, we're still at 10.1%. And so in this episode of the podcast, I want to explore what the forecast is moving forward. I want to talk a little bit about what they think is going to happen next, according to the numbers that we have out there, and maybe just break them down so that if you're in a position where you're trying to make a decision around your personal finances, you'll have this information to hand to help you make the best decision for you. If you're listening to this on Spotify or any of the audio outlets, this will also be available on the YouTube channel from 12pm. So feel free to jump over there at some point when you have a free spare moment. So look, let's just acknowledge the fact that this has always been something that we were expecting. You know, a lot of the time when the Bank of England uh, do things like this, they signpost it. And they have been signposting that this was supposedly or is supposedly going to be the last interest rate hike that we're going to see for this year. This is what they're saying. Um, I'll take that with a pinch of salt and I'll give reasons a bit later on. In fact, on the YouTube channel later on this evening, I'm going to be doing a deep dive into why I think that actually they're playing a little safe with letting people know what is going to happen. They are firmly leaving the door open to further interest rate rises. And I think that's really important to acknowledge right now. Again, if you're trying to make decisions around maybe your mortgages or restructuring your debt, that you're trying to streamline your personal finances. Come along on the channel. It's going to be a live session at 5 p.m. Uh, this evening on Monday to, to talk a little bit more about that. But the forecast at the moment is that we are likely going to see inflation start to fall off a cliff. And that was one of the reasons that they gave as being that we would see this rate rise that we've just seen be the last for the year. So this is the forecast. So in Q2, inflation is supposed to drop from 10.1% down to 7.4%. So that's quite a significant drop. In Q3, its forecast is going to drop from 7.4% to 5.8%. And in Q4, we start getting closer to our 2% target, with it being at 2.9% by Q4 of 2023. Looking into 2024, we move even closer to the 
2% target. I think it drops to about 2.7%. This is what they are predicting. Now, it's important to understand what inflation essentially is and how we're seeing that in our in our in our pockets, right? What how it's manifesting itself in our pockets. Now, inflation is the increase of goods and services around you. So, when you start thinking about energy bills, that's probably something that you've most definitely noticed. I know that my energy bill has tripled over the last 12 months or so. You've probably seen similar. So it reflects itself in things like that. It reflects itself in fuel, putting diesel or petrol in your car. It most definitely reveals itself when you're doing your weekly shop. And in reality, whilst the headline rate of inflation is 10.9%, Individuals feel this differently, depending on your income, depending on where you live, you might have it a little bit more pronounced. But what we do know is that when you look at food items specifically, inflation's double of what this, what our headline rate of 10.1% is. Actually, it's, a, it's between 16 and 19% is what is out there at the moment. That's increase in food prices. And because we all shop on a weekly basis, that's something that we tangibly feel in our pockets. Now, I've just mentioned energy there, and my energy bills have increased, have tripled over the last 12 months. There are a lot of questions that I often get uh, online, people asking me, well, when are we likely to see energy prices come down? Um, and there is a really interesting graph, which I'll be going through in a little bit more in depth tonight on the YouTube channel in the live, which talks about energy prices. Now, energy prices have been coming down from the highs that we've seen over the last 12 months. But for many people, we haven't yet seen that in our pockets. So we've not yet seen that in our direct debits being reduced, so on and so forth. And the reason for that is because there is a three-month lag on the energy prices actually coming forward to, I guess, the real world, you and I feeling it in our finances directly. And this is one of the reasons why it's being forecast that inflation will drop from 10.1% uh, to 7.4% in Q2 of this year, because that is when we're going to start to see those numbers, those reductions in energy prices start to filter to, through to our personal pockets specifically. And with a sustained fall in the energy prices, hopefully through the rest of this year, that is going to go a long way to facilitate and some of the forecasts that they've like the forecast I've just shared with you around what's going to happen to inflation. Now, the reality is that we had a bit of a shock a couple of months ago when inflation went from, I think it was like 10.1% up to 10.4%. We had a very, very small increase and it was a surprise. We didn't know where that came from. Now, the reason why I think it's very, very important to be uh, aware and I guess Staying abreast with this is because listening to some of the commentary out there, like I've already said, the Bank of England tend to signpost this stuff ahead of time to prepare you, to prepare the market specifically around what their thinking is. And when you start to pay attention to some of the language that is being used right now, they are firmly leaving the door open under the, the, the phraseology that inflation is stubborn. It's more persistent than they had, they had originally thought. And some of the language being used is they will continue to react to, to inflation. And the only way in which the Bank of England is able to do so is by monetary policy, i.e. increasing 
interest rates. And so there is a real danger that if inflation doesn't start to tangibly fall off or reduce because contributing factors around energy prices, for example, don't start to filter through and we have maybe a surprise increase in costs elsewhere, inflationary factors elsewhere, then it is very, very possible that we're going to see further interest rate rises through the rest of this year. Now, I hope that that doesn't freak you out or doesn't scare you. It is a harsh piece of news, but it is important news for us to, I guess, embrace and at least prepare ourselves with. Because my thoughts then go out to people who have mortgages. So one of the commentary or the phrases that uh, Andrew Bailey has used is that there is about a third of the pain has already come through this. We're already, you know, filtered through to the general public, to, to the markets at this point in time, which means that there's still quite some more to come specifically when we start talking about mortgages. And I'll talk a little bit more about this this evening. But I get questions all of the time. Pete, what should I do? Should I fix? Should I stay? Or what's going to happen with interest rates? Are they likely to fall? The reality is we don't know. I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could, you know, jump into a time machine and go, you know, 12 months, 24 months into the future and be able to tell you exactly what happens. But the reality is I just don't. And so this is what I've been saying to people specifically when it comes to things like mortgages. We know that there are going to be a ton of mortgages coming off their fixed rates, literally from about now onwards. And those people are going to start seeing their mortgage payments increase quite significantly, some three, four hundred pounds a month. And one of the things that I've been saying to people is, you need to focus on your finances, on your personal finances. If you happen to have enough of a cushion where you're able to stomach the potential increases, further increases in the bank rate, which would then increase your mortgage payment because you're on a standard variable or a tracker mortgage, you have the funds to be able to compensate for that then you may want to be patient and see what happens with interest rates. But if not, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, fixing would be the right thing to do for you. I think the question you have to ask yourself in that scenario is, do you want to have definitive control over your outgoings and probably your biggest outgoing every month? and for the foreseeable two, three, four, five years, depending on how long you decide to fix for. If the answer to that is yes, then fixing may be a really good idea for you. And it's gonna allow you to plan for things, it's gonna help you budget, it's gonna help you structure your finances in a way that is robust, and in a way that is going to enable you to hopefully balance out your finances again so you can adjust adequately to the new reality that we're facing. I get a lot of questions from people, again, around, you know, are interest rates going to fall? I think when you listen to the language over the last couple of months coming from the Bank of England and Andrew Bailey, this is the new norm. And I hate to, 
hark back to the 1970s. I mean, I'm, I'm a 1979 baby, so I wasn't alive back then, but there were stories of interest rates being at 12 and 15%. If you think about where we are at the moment with some mortgage offerings around about 4 or 5% now, that is still quite a way away from where they were in the 70s. And the language out there at the moment is kind of letting people know that we are still at historic lows. What we've had over the last... 10 years of low interest rates. I mean, that is never coming back. I don't think that it will ever come back. We are moving into a different phase of our economic existence. Now, I think it's really, really important that we understand that. Now, another thing that I think is worthwhile speaking about is what's happening for savers right now. There is good news. Yes, you know, with the bank rate going from 4.25 to 4.5%, that means there are going to be more attractive savings rates available for you right now. Having said that, though, it's almost like a double-edged sword because inflation is still at 10.1%, which means in real terms, you are still losing money. However, we can finally get to a position where your money is working that little bit harder for you. So if you are a saver right now, you're probably going to be looking at the best accounts out there for you. I see a lot of people fixing in to... Uh, one-year, two-year fixed-rate accounts or fixed-rate bonds. They are very, very good options. But it's worthwhile just noting that if you fix into a one-year or a two-year fixed rate and you did that maybe six months ago, the rate that was available then is very, very different to the rate that is available now. So it's just worthwhile just understanding that if rates continue to go up, you've locked in at a rate. But equally, if rates go down, you've locked in at a rate as well. And let me just say, you know, it's people often jump around accounts, right? So they'll have, you know, different accounts and they'll chase the highest account that is out there. I think that you should 100% be on the ball in terms of who's going to give you the best rate of interest available on the high street, 100%. But do make sure that you're reading the the fine print, the terms and conditions, make sure that you're not going into, an, into accounts that perhaps have withdrawal restrictions, so on and so forth. It's a really, really interesting time right now. And I think that as we start to see mortgages mature and people come off their fixed rates and shop around for new fixed rates, I think there's going to be a lot of pain out there. And a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about on the YouTube channel and here on the podcast, it's all about personal finance and mastering your 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 personal finances because you know, this is the foundation of your existence. One thing that we could do without, right, is financial worries. Being worried about how far our pounds and pence are going. And worst of all, not even paying attention to where our money is going. We have to know where our money is going right now. We need to be very proactive. We need to be on the ball. We need to make sure that everything's accounted for because every penny does count. It really, really does. And there are conversations about side hustles, but the reality is, you know, it's probably easier for you to save a little bit more money than to actually start up a side hustle to earn more money. There are, there are lead times for that. And that isn't to say that, you know, don't, you know, go for a side hustle. 100% develop a side hustle if you can, because I'm a firm believer that if you're able to earn more money, you have more options. But there's no point in earning more money if the money that you're spending currently 
is just being spent frivolously and you have no idea where it's going because when you earn extra money, you're going to treat the additional money that you earn in the same way. So getting the basics right is very, very important and pun intended because my book is called The Money Basics. Basics is an acronym for the five financial principles that will help you become your own financial hero. And that is the idea of being able to make financial decisions out of choice and not out of necessity. So these conversations that we're having right now are extremely important, extremely important. And I encourage you, if you've not sat down with your, your finances recently, make sure that you get to doing that literally right now. In fact, that's the task that I've got for you today. Do you understand where all of your money is going? Every pound, every penny. Do you understand where it's going? Do you have enough of a cushion behind you to give you that peace of mind, that sense of security. If you haven't, you have some work to do. And if you if you realize that you have some work to do, then by all means, feel free to reach out to me and talk about how I might be able to help you structure some things. If you bought the book, there are great exercises in the book that take you through how you structure your finances and put some of those basic principles in place. But I appreciate you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Again, I'm going to do a bit more of a deep dive this evening at 5 p.m. on the YouTube channel. That is going to be Monday the Monday the 15th um, at 5 p.m. on the YouTube channel. So be sure to tune in if you have some time or at least watch it on a replay so you can get a little bit more detail about some of the stuff that I've mentioned in this podcast. Have an amazing week. Catch you soon. 